All right. I like my accountant too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding. I do like him, but anyway. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a thousand tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and LA bid on iOS developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average iOS developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $1,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the iFreaks link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hire.com slash iFreaks. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 179 of the iFreak Show. This week on our panel, we have Raj Schmidt. Hello from Salt Lake. I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.tv. And this week, we have a special guest, and that's... Let me see if I can get this right. Martin Krzyzanowski. Martin Krzyzanowski. Hi, guys. Do you want to give us an introduction real quick? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm from Poland, Warsaw. I'm an iOS developer now. In the past, I was uh, enterprise solutions developer. Then I switched to iOS for the full time. It's like a couple of years already. And you may have some of my projects, open source projects like CryptoSwift or Objective PGP, which is... Uh, well, the, the open PGP implementation object, Objective C, and well, this is mostly about me. Nice. Now, you mentioned when we were getting ready that we had talked about the Swift package manager a couple of times. I think we've kind of talked about it in passing. I don't think we've done a show directly about it, and so I think this will be interesting to just dig into it, what it is, and uh, how it works. Yeah, I must admit, I'm not a you know, specialists in the term of Swift Packet Manager, I have to use that. I read the source code. And, yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to understand uh, this tool and the direction where it co- goes to and uh, what is going on in terms of Swift Packet Manager. Yeah. One thing that I noticed, because when I think of a package manager, I'm usually thinking about something like um, Apt or, you know, if you're in Ruby, it's Ruby Gems. And usually there's some kind of central repository of libraries that you can pull in to actually get the packages. And it seems like the package.swift actually works a little bit different from that. Yeah, it is. But look at the cartridge. You know, this Cartridge iOS dependency manager. Uh-huh. The Cartridge don't have the main repository as well. And it works similar to Swift Packet Manager. That it you point to GitHub repository and you use that code. And this is how the Swift Packet Manager works. You point to the GitHub repository and that's all. If the repository is prepared to work with Swift Packet Manager, you can use that. If not, well, you don't. But there is a requirement. Uh, there is a little amount of work that has to be done by the maintainer of the repository 
to prepare uh, mostly the structure of, of the project to work with Swift Packet Manager. It's not just putting, adding the manifest file like it is with the CocoaPods, right? Uh-huh. You have to prepare the structure of the folders of the files to work specifically with Swift Packet Manager. Well, this is how it's made, how it's how they think it should be. And how in particular is that? I mean, I've been looking at the documentation and it looks like it's sources and package.swift. I mean, is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's still. Actually, I in the early days, I opened the, the bug, the, the, the feature request that why why do you force me to have this source folder and tests folder and so on? Why I can't use whatever I want, right? Well, it's still open. I don't know if it will be. Maybe it will be uh, implemented that you will be able to organize your folder structures in your own way and just pointing to here you you will find sources here you will find tests but today yes the main thing is sources you create sources folder when you put if that's library you just put the swift files there if that's executable you put the main.swift file that indicate this is executable and next to sources uh, if you want to have tests you create tests folder and put all the tests inside. Gotcha. And this just sets it up so that another project with package.swift on that system will then pull in the right thing and know where to find the files. Yeah, basically it is if you point to the repository, the Swift Packet Manager is looking for package.swift manifest file. It is like in CocoaPods, it's uh, something that PodSpec in Cartage is, I don't know, card file, I believe. But in, in here, we have package.swift, and it is regular Swift file. That means, uh, actually, I when I read the code of the Swift Packet Manager, it is done like this. Uh, this file is compiled and output the JSON, and this JSON is used by the Swift Packet Manager again, and based on that, uh, the actions, you know, it, it, it's perform actions, build, link, clean, and w- whatever the actions are there. So, yeah, this is, the, this manifest file is a Swift, uh, Swift regular file. It's not quite new, because if we look at the CocoaPods, you know, in CocoaPods, it's just Ruby file, right? Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want with Ruby. The same here. Yeah, so that's how it works. So can you mm-hmm. reference or pull in uh, things that are on CocoaPods or available through Carthage? Or do you have to have a Git URL or a local folder or something with the library in it? Um, you, you need a Git repository. It's one of the limitations. You know, CocoaPods have this, uh, the feature I, I really like, like development pods, or it's called something like this, where you just point the local path and uh, the CocoaPods 
start using your local files and you can edit them just and use it in your project. Um, here, well, there's no Xcode project, but uh, you have to have Git repository. Even if it's locally, you have to have a Git repository that you point to. Uh, that's one limitation. The other limitation is you can't specify the branch. Mm, I'm not sure what is the future future of this particle limitation, if it will be changed or not. But as for today, you can only specify either the the branch or uh, either the, the master branch or the tags, and that's all. It may be you know, a little bit hard to follow if you have a lot of branches, like a develop branch and some feature branch you want to use. Well, you can't. So if, if your package has um, dependencies itself, you specify that in the, the package.swift file as well? Yes. As another GitHub URL? Yes. Um, so Swift Packet Manager is for dependency management. And you can specify a dependency for your library or your application, just like in any other dependency managers. You specify the Git repository and version. And this is fetched locally, build, and Inside it build the Swift module, and you can just import this module in your application. Right. So it, each package becomes a module. Yeah, and you may have a lot of modules. I said there's a sources folder you create, and another way, another thing you have to know is that if you create like a two folders inside the sources, like a module one and module two, there will be two modules that you can use. Can you can you uh, make submodules? Uh, yes. <clears throat> Actually, I'm not sure if you, if you can accept module, but you can exclude exclude the files. That's for sure. I use that uh, with the tests because I had a test that I could execute on my machine, but not really on the on the Jenkins. So uh, I had this rule that if something, then exclude this file and just don't use that. So it will pass the build. Uh, in that terms, it's similar because I'm a heavy user of CocoaPods. I yeah, I'm not really in the cartridge. I just use CocoaPods. It's a tool that I think mostly works. And if you build the pod spec with CocoaPods, you also have the rules. Uh, and you specify, here are the sources. There are, uh, please exclude this one, and so forth and so forth. So, uh, and similar here. But here, you have to write it in a Swift. So it's like a, a package dot, I'm just, I don't remember, just over my head. Package sources exclude append 
and here goes the string to to the file you want to exclude. Right. So one thing that I'm also wondering about is what if you include two packages or two modules that have dependencies on two different versions of the same dependency? What happens? Does it complain or does it just kind of figure it out? I don't think, I don't know, to be honest. And I don't think it will uh, be able to distinguish and, you know, use both of them. Uh, in codes, there's a lot of fix-it to-do things. And one of such a to-do or fix-it, fix-me thing is around the dependency. I think it's not possible. I'm not sure, but yeah, I would say it's not possible today. Probably it will be implemented, but I think it's not. Yeah, it looks like they have, they assume semantic versioning so you can specify the major version. So one or two, and then, you know, your minor version should be non-breaking changes or additions. And so, yeah, I I was just curious because if you have one package that assumes 1.0 or 1.x and another one that assumes 2.x. Yeah, that may be tricky when because at the end you have a static library, right? And there are the symbols. So that may be problem with some duplicated symbols or something. I I don't I don't know. But I, I think it's well it's not the easy problem to overcome. What about Xcode? Xcode doesn't support the package manager right now. So how do you use packs with packages with Xcode? You don't. <laughs> as far as I know, you don't. <clears throat> but it it produces a library, correct? When you run run a Swift package. Uh, yeah. Well, it is. Uh, but uh, it is. But you have to you have to tell it to produce the the library. Here's the thing. The Swift Packet Manager itself can build a project out of the this manifest file. So you may have a repository and you can just generate the Xcode file. That's fine. But it will just, if you open the Xcode file, you will just see the regular Xcode project with targets and so on. It's not using the Swift Packet Manager. Uh, if you want, like I had a a few days ago, this need. I have a framework library, and I have an application, and I want to link my framework with my application to do some tests. Uh, well, for that, I need a library, and, well, I don't have that library. By default, uh, if you build, if you run the command Swift build, it will create objects right the compiled files and there is no library there's nothing like uh, my framework dot die how it's called die dynamic lib die lib right or a like a static library but it's not but if you go to the manifest file you may say that you want to be to produce uh, such a library and it works you have to type something like products.append, and there's something I can't remember, but you specify type of the library, 
if it's dynamic or static, and it will build the the library that you can use and you can link with your Xcode project. Well, but that require require editing of the package.swift that you don't control, right? Because you just fetch the the external uh, repository and well it's not really yours so you have to edit that so you have to fork and well it's not really easy to to do so i come up with an idea maybe it is possible to specify this um, this information about the output with a command line and um, basically this is something i'm working on right now <laughs> I'm digging the, the 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 sources and trying to add this functionality as a proof of concept, and we will see how it works. It will if it will be acceptable. Well, it will go to the mainstream. If not, well, I will learn how how the Swift Package Manager works internally. So it sounds like you could use the Swift man- Package Manager just the, as like a build tool and build your entire project with it if you wanted instead of Xcode. Yeah, and I'm doing doing that. Yeah, yeah, it, you can. It is a replacement for this X uh, Xcode build. So I, I'm so bad with names. Xcode build, right? Tool. Yeah, you just you just go to the repository, uh, run Swift build, and it just build. I use it a lot because it's fast, and it's the only way to build Swift uh, on Linux. So yeah, there there is more useful. In Linux than macOS, and we have to remember that today only two platforms are supported by Swift Packet Manager. It is macOS and Linux. So you can't build uh, the binary or the library uh, for iOS, for example. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, it will be a, it, it will be changed. In the source code, it's just hard coded. The architecture and the, the you know the system. It's hard coded in few places. I believe it will be changed in the future. You, uh, you can't even build libraries for iOS. You can't. You can't. It's it's hard coded in the sources that it is strictly only for for macOS. I believe it is uh, feasible, but yeah, you know, the, it's it's feasible and it's easy to do. Probably, I'm just you know just thinking. On the macOS, we have these fat binaries. Uh, we can lipo a lot of binaries in the one file and so on. But th- maybe there's something with Linux that you know needs some time to to implement that. You can. Uh, what about frameworks? You can build those with the Swift Package Manager, correct? I would like to say yes, but I haven't seen one yet. Uh huh. Because <laughs> yeah. I saw this uh, dynamic dynamic library, but not the the macOS uh, framework like a framework, you know, mm-hmm. this framework with this icon. It's I haven't seen that. I don't think there's an option to build that at the moment, but maybe it is. Maybe you know. So I, I I don't. Yeah. One thing that I'm seeing, just looking at the the documentation here, is that for one, it looks like you can actually pull in. C modules is yeah is there something that you have to do special for that or can you just write some c code that outputs some library that you can load in yeah that there is a there's a support for c c plus plus and objective c 
uh, code that can be compiled and used by the Swift project later. Basically, it uh, compiles the sources and build a Swift module around that. And thanks to that, you can import that in your Swift code. For that, you just need, well, you just need sources. You have to have this folder structure, which is, you know, it may be annoying for the Swift, for the C projects. They have, usually they have slightly different organization. But yes, you can you can use whatever you want. You can pass the link additional parameters to the linker to the compiler that will help you build this code base in particular. So yeah, it is possible and it it just works. When it works, it just works. So one one thing is actually building the from the source building the. C code, and the other thing is using system C libraries like libz uh, or lib. I don't know what we have. Libgetika, GTK, Getika. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, you don't use well, how you pronounce GTK. Well, yeah. Oh, no, please. It's graphic, right? <laughs> yeah, but I can use that on Linux specifically. For that, well, you have you have to create specific manifest file and just a repository with two files: package.swift and module.swift module. This, if I remember correctly, in the package.swift, you specify name. And in the module is the, the 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 text file, as we know from the Xcode, where we uh, specify the Swift module for the C code. You define the path to includes uh, to the linker and name of the library, and it just works. But it needs this like a separate package to use. Gotcha. And then uh, the other thing I'm seeing here is providers. So if you have Brew or Apt, um, you can pull yeah. packages that way. True. I was confused by this one. So at, at first, I thought that it maybe works, that you don't really have to do anything because all the dependency is already specified in the this manifest file, and you just make... Like, run the command build and it will install uh, all the dependency build and finish with the success but the thing is not it have the providers is for the parts of the software you may need or you you need are required but you have to install it separately like manually so you have rule uh, on the Mac OS and apt on Linux. The two are supported, but it's quite easy to add a new ones in the sources. It works like this. If you need, uh, like, uh, you, you need some package from Brew, OpenSSL, let's say, then you specify that in manifest file as a provider. And during the 
a build command, Swift Package Manager would print just information that, uh, well, probably you need to uh, execute this command to have this uh, library working or this executable working in the runtime because it won't work otherwise. So it's just a helper, just telling you, please do that. It is required, but I will not run this comment for you. Okay, interesting. So all you're really telling it is suggest to the user that they should install the packages and actually install the package. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a suggestion. I thought that it maybe execute the, 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 the brew comment, and do, but it's not. Just a suggestion. You should do that. Well, you didn't. What about the uh, the future roadmap for the Swift Package Manager? What can you tell us about that? To be honest, if you subscribe to mailing list, uh, there's not much uh, conversation around this project in these days. I don't know why. There are two or three uh, evolution proposals that are. One of the one one of it is currently in review. Uh, the other one are implemented or partially implemented, and it looks like it's still a mature project. Well, the product, but well, I'm sure it will get better. It's really get better uh, because there's smart smart people working on it, right? And Apple seems to be focused to make it the you know the default packet manager for swift it is especially important uh, for this whole server side swift right on the linux because mm-hmm. on the mac os well, to be honest you know we we have xcode and we will compile it somehow but on the linux guys well what they create the make files by hand or what they really maybe confused how to start with Swift. So this is maybe this is why we have just macOS support and Linux support, and we don't have iOS support yet. Because when the two platforms will stabilize, mm-hmm. uh, there will be less work to just add new architectures. But because all the features they want to have are all already in place. There are not all the features on place in place already. It's uh, changing. The new features are coming. Not all comes in with the discussion uh, via this uh, evolution list because, as I said, there's not much of the of it. Though there is a lot of internal discussion in Apple about the future of this tool and they have a vision <laughs> and they i believe they know what they want to achieve and yeah and i must say they're very open to the new contributors and the new ideas so if you have idea and you have a problem you just go directly to 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 the guys like daniel dunbar and just ask him, well, he just responds to you and he tell you, well, you know, I think, I think that maybe we go this way or this way. How, what's your idea? And well, it's 
I I feel the open source uh, spirit there. That it's yeah, it's not open source. I in the usual way. I think what I mean by that is there is some discussion inside Apple, like they have uh, the internal um, ideas that are not really discussed in public and if you don't ask you will never know yeah i found the community proposal that apple has on the swift package manager repo on github and it actually has a future features list on it they say in no particular order so i don't know if any of these are really super high priority for them but yeah, they work on it. There's a lot of work. If you if you check the the Jira bugs dot Swift dot com. Uh-huh. Sorry, I have to check if it's com if it's org. Uh, if you check that and you, if you uh, just filter by the package manager, there's like seven pages of open uh, bugs and feature requests. So there's the list is is quite long and there's a lot of things to do yet or fix. Uh, still, there's a, a last uh, proposal about the pinning. It's called pinning, and this is something we know as a that lock file from Gemfile or CocoaPods. Mm. So the file that described actual dependencies used by the project with the exact versions, right? So right. you can you can distribute it with your team and make sure that you're on the same page. So there's a proposal. Basically, it, the proposal is, let's add the new comment, Swift build pin, that will create this file. It's a .pin file. And, yeah, and you can use that, right? The Swift package will use that. You can add it to the Git and share, share with, uh, with, with your team. The only controversy around that is why we need separate comment. Why it is not the part of the build process, like the last step of the build comment. Well, in, this is a discussion. There's a lot of reasoning why we should and why we shouldn't. I stand in the position that it should be created automatically. Like when you build for the first time, and fetch the dependency, this file should be created automatically. Yeah, but sometimes it may be uh, not so convenient. I don't know, but yeah, so this is this is the, the, the last thing we, we discuss around this project in public. Okay. I thought I had heard that they were going to integrate it with Xcode, and maybe that wasn't going to be until next year or or after uh, Swift 4 is out. Yeah, there's a rumor. Uh, yeah, I believe there is a plan to have a good integration with the Xcode. But for now, the tool is not ready to do that. Mm-hmm. They would definitely do that. I don't know how, but yeah, you know, it's it's Apple. It's right. basically the same team that is building the Xcode, so they can internally just disagree on the interface. But yeah, it's not not yet. And the thing with these uh, products, with these libraries, that you have to edit manifest file, uh, just is showing that it's not really uh, focused now. 
they're not focused on, on integrating with Xcode. Mm-hmm. It will be at some stage. One sentence about this blog post I, I made is package that switch manual. So I, I, I wrote it because uh, I'm a, I maintain some Swift library and people ask for uh, support to uh, Swift Packet Manager. And, well, I'm not really using that, but I have to support that. So you have to check that and so on. And when I checked the, the documentation, the official documentation, um, it was not clear how to build the package that Swift file. So I opened the source code and just dump uh, all the possible values to the blog post. And it was good. And I know that this information is currently available as a part of uh, the Swift uh, Package Manager repository. It's not by me, but, well, they updated the, the documentation. So it should be easier for the newcomers to build a manifest file. Yeah, so just that. Sounds good. If, if people want to uh, see what you're working on these days or follow you on Twitter or anything like that, what should they do? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter. I know, if, you know, my Twitter handle is part of my last name, so it's probably, you will find it in the description to this podcast. And I have a blog. You can just check if there's something new there. I blog about the Swift mostly these days. And I do a lot of tweets about Swift. And uh, yeah, of course, you can check out my GitHub account. There's some repositories you might find useful. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move to picks. Rod, do you have some picks for us? Sure. I just have one pick. And uh, over the weekend, I saw The Accountant, and I, I really enjoyed it. So that that's my pick. All right. I like my accountant, too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding. I do like him, but anyway. I've got a pick here. It's a book. I may have... No, I didn't pick it last week because I wasn't on last week. The book is called The 12-Week Year. And if you're in business for yourself or you're trying to you know, do some self-improvement and things like that, um, it's a goal-oriented system that helps you plan out how you're going to get stuff done. And... For me, it's been really, really useful just to be able to sit down and say, okay, what do I want to accomplish within the next 12 weeks, which conveniently ends on December 31st when, as of when I started the 12-week year. And anyway, so it's okay. So these are the things I want to get done or have accomplished or whatever. And these are the tactics that I'm going to follow in order to accomplish those goals. And then it breaks it down by week and then by day so that you have all of the things on the day that you're doing whatever it is you're doing and you get to score your week at the end of the week and see how well you did. And it has been really, really helpful for me just to be able to focus and get all of that stuff done. So I'm going to pick the 12 week year and yeah, that's, that's all I have this week. Martin, what are you, what are your picks? Yeah, I have two picks. First one is a talk by Ingarup introduction to LLVM Swift compiler. It's a very good introduction to how the LVVM is built, how the Swift fit into LVVM architecture, and how the Swift compiler and optimizer works in the practice. I really recommend that. Inga is a Polish developer. She's really smart. 
Uh, in the past, I attend her other another talk about C++ compiler, and it was really great. So, yeah, I was really happy to find that she prepared this talk about LVM Swift compiler. So that was first. The second is project distribution test by Daniel Duan. I find it useful. This this is the tool to test your frameworks, how it works with CocoaPods, Cartage, and don't remember if the Swift Packet Manager is included. Basically, it is useful if you maintain the framework or library. I have this problem with my libraries. Like 80% of the issues are about installation that the cottage not working, that the CocoaPods not working, and I not not always remember to check it before the release. So with this tool, you just configure, run the command, it will build the project, check if it's built correctly, and, well, you're done. So distribution tests. All right. Well, thank you for coming, Marcin. Hopefully this gets people down the road a little bit with their Swift projects. We'll go ahead and wrap this up and we'll catch everyone next week. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Thank you for coming. See you.